stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. What's going down this weekend at the Laugh Shop at the Blackfoot? He is a comedian, an actor, writer, producer. Dana Gould joins us in studio here today. He's performing tonight, two shows tomorrow, two shows Saturday. Dana, thanks so much for coming in here. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Good time to be out of America. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I hope my passport still works when I try to go home. We'll see. Uh, it, it's getting messy. Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> Let's have a TV star be the president. What could go wrong? <laughs> Just everything. <laughs> hey, I want to I ask you about it. Well, I'm not going to ask you this. I'm going to state this. Uh-oh. And it's, to me, significant, but it's also completely insignificant. But we have the same birthday. Really? We are, in fact, exactly 10 years apart in age. All right. And 10 years in one day older than me, Elvis Costello. No kidding. Mm -hmm. See, and I know that because, well, I was watching some of your comedy. You did a bit about how you were born... Nine months, yeah, nine and, months and two days. After. Nine months and two days after the Kennedy assassination, <laughs> which is kind of weird. She tells you everything you need to know about how my father processes grief. Uh, <laughs> and then, as soon as you said the birthday, I thought, "Hey, also that's my birthday." Also, August twenty fourth, Dave Keckner from uh, Anchorman. Okay, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, really? Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that. Uh, guy named Kenny Baker who played R two D two. Passed away last year. I didn't know that either. Oh, it's a it's an auspicious. I think day. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, the Goots. I think um, even Yasser Arafat that's, is uh, on August twenty fourth. So well, it's no, quite a club we've got. I'm <laughs> sorry about the Goots. Um, yeah, and August twenty fifth is uh, Elvis Costello and Tim Burton, and my old mother in law. Look at the that. big three. Wow. <laughs> Although I got to say, I think you're the first person I've ever met in person. From that club. So, okay. so there we go. Okay. So you're a Virgo Leo. You're neat. Yeah. But you also cavernously insecure. Yes. I'd say so. Good to have Sounds you. Th- right. Good to have you on board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, look, I'm I'm a huge Simpsons fan, uh-huh. and so the, the fact that you wrote for the Simpsons, I did. Like that would be to me like going to Graceland and telling all the people in line that you performed with Elvis. Uh-huh. Like it's a big deal. To it's people, a big, isn't yeah. It? No, I'm pr- I'm very proud of my time there. I was there for. Uh, seven, eight years. And um, um, had I stayed, I would be much richer than I am now. And I'd be 400 pounds and clinically depressed. Because right. <laughs> now you were a stand-up long before you, you did yes, that. Yes, I started doing stand-up when I was 17 years old. Yeah. I, was, I got into it really early. So when you get a job like that and it's a big show and yeah. you, you know, you've got an office and everything, like, yeah. do you stop doing stand-up? Uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I, I, um, I got the show... Um, and it was just, it was about a month before I got married and I just bought a house and it was sort of like, I, I played adult for a while. Yeah. It's like, I had a house, I was married, I'd get up in the morning, I'd drive to work, I had a parking spot, I had an office, I had cards if I wanted them to give to people. That's, you know, I had my kids then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then after a couple of years, I was like, I'm going to. Go insane. <laughs> I'm going to go ballistic. I'm going to get out of here. That, that show, or at least the writer's room, has quite a reputation. Yeah, it's 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 uh, 12 overpaid misanthropes <laughs> locked in a room. <laughs> these are like the guys in the, you know, the Harvard Crimson. And, yeah, there's a lot of Lampoon right? guys there. Uh, I was not. I, I went to UMass. Um, but I did work at Harvard at the bookstore for a summer. Oh, did you? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's but also uh, Joel Cohen, son of Calgary, 
um, yeah. is uh, in that room. And uh, no, it it is really fun, but it, it is like twelve of the smartest, kind of funniest people you know. I remember on nine eleven, the the staff of the show. You know, we didn't go into work that day, and they ended up going to my house. <laughs> we all watched it at my house. Really? But there was sort of like that, all right, who's going to crack the first joke? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it did happen. Yeah. And then it was a flood. Yeah. Because so that, that was around the time you started at the show, yeah, right? Early 2000s. Yeah, 2000, 2001. So, I mean, by that point, it's already a cultural institution. Oh, yeah, no, it's 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 baked in, and you don't want to be the guy that screws up The Simpsons. That's the that's the fear. <laughs> right, exactly. uh, You know, it's sort of like, I, I always liken it to, um, if you ever watch the documentary, Let It Be, the Beatles bring in Billy Preston to play <laughs> right. with them, and he's like, hey... Okay, <laughs> I'll just play with you guys. <laughs> you know, you I mean, is, how much leeway do you have with, I mean, there's obviously Simpsons canon, right? Some yeah. things you, you don't get to mess with. No. But you get to be creative. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it, it, you want to push, you know, you, you, the last thing you want to do is fall into a rut. Like we were always saying, like, you don't want to do, like, the way the the Star Trek movies became like you knew what was going to happen in the movie before you went to the movie because you knew there were certainly only certain things the fans would allow, uh, and it was sort of written to the fans, and you kind of have an obligation to challenge the expectations of the fans and to uh, give them stuff that they don't want, if to just to keep it surprising. Yeah. George Meyer, who was uh, a amazingly talented guy who worked at The Simpsons, uh, wrote my uh, wrote the Ralph Wiggum line. My cat's breath smells like cat food. <laughs> um, you know, he was always saying that surprise is the most important element in your toolbox uh -huh. as a writer. So we always try to keep it uh, challenging to people. Are you surprised that the show's still going? Uh, not when you understand the ocean of money it generates for its corporate <laughs> overlords. Yes. Well, that's a powerful motivating yeah. factor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we would have people at Fox, like, when the show started, Jim Brooks said like here's he was incredibly powerful he was like and this is the reason the show is good jim brooks said here's the deal i'm going to give you the show and you play it <laughs> yeah. and you know i don't care about your notes really i don't want yeah <laughs> and he was powerful enough at that time they were like okay and so since they couldn't give us notes on the content they would give us like you guys are drinking a lot of jamba juice what's going on there <laughs> and you would realize that People would be calling from a building that the show had paid for to complain that we drank too much soda. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows how much longer it's going to keep going now? Well, Matt Groening had the best line. We're going to do it until we run out of ideas, and then we'll do it for three more years. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, but people still love it. I mean, you know, look, there's there's the group of us snobs that are like, you know, season four yeah, forever, sure, of course. right? <laughs> I, think, I think Simpsons is like Saturday Night Live. The best season is the one that you yeah. kind of grew up with. Yep. You know, the, 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 the best, you know, music that was ever made was the music that was when you were, you know, 16 to 27, yeah, totally. you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, so moving That's on That's why that. I still listen to Joy Division. <laughs> yeah, how good someone is at least. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, once you're immersed in all of that, yeah, and and then when that's when that's over, 
Yeah. Is that kind of is that is that jarring or is that sort of liberating now? It was li- it was li- well, it was liberating for me. I was a stand up first, and I was always a you know I was always a big fan of myself, and I had a pretty good. Uh, you know, um, uh, angle on the stuff that I thought was funny. And uh, I left the show for several reasons. My, my wife at the time had a very big job. My wife was the president of home box office at that time. Yes, which yeah. is an important job. It's an important yeah. job. And we had just had children. And I was like, well, somebody's got to be home. <laughs> right. So um, I kind of Mr. Mommed it for a while. And I was still, I wrote features and I went on the road on weekends. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like stop my career, but it was like during the week, I didn't raise the kids by myself. We had help, but I, I felt like somebody <laughs> yeah. had to, you know, somebody needed to be there. Um, and, uh, you know, you just adapt. But, I, you know, I don't like to get too comfortable. I don't like to get too set into any rut. And having left the show, I had my own show that was on for three years on IFC that just yeah. wrapped called Stand Against Evil with John McGinley. I'm developing, a, I'm writing a feature now. I'm developing another show. So I like to be able to do a bunch of different things. And for me... Stand-up is the thing that I can always go back to that mm-hmm. sort of uh, je- powers everything else. Um, and I was in the cast of, you know, a show called Mob City. I did, uh, you know, so I've been able to do a lot of different things. Right. I mean, For it, infinitely less money. Sorry, <laughs> well, let me just say that. Uh, it's interesting, though, because, you know, The Simpsons is such a unique beast. Uh, you know, what you created with Stand Against Evil was something right. really unique, horror comedy. And, and even to do stand-up, that's that's very different, too. But right. you got to be a good writer to do all of those things. Yes. Yes. So do, you, do you could sort of, in a way, consider yourself to be a, a writer, first and foremost? Is being a comedian being I, I a writer? I think I'm a comedian, first and foremost, because that's how I started. Um, I think of myself as a comedian who writes, as a comedian who yeah. acts. Um but but I was just telling Matt that, uh, you know, my writing career is really what pays the bills. And I do stand up for the love of it, you know. Um, right. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems just the life of stand up, mm-hmm. like to, to do that and to, to want to do that and to do it for a long time, because obviously it's it's a whole different kind of. Yeah, arena, it's a, it, right? can be, I mean, it can be a grind. I'm I'm at the point where I only. You know, I, I only go out one or two weekends a month, and I go to places that I want to go that I have yeah. pr- existing relationships with, Calgary being one of them. Like, I, I know Matt. I like Matt, even though I didn't recognize him this morning when he came to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a chameleon. Uh, I, have fr- yeah. I have friends who live in Calgary. Uh, you know, um, uh, Joel Cohen from The Simpsons is yeah. actually here this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to hang out. Um, so... Uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't live on the road, which would be, which would be atrocious. Um, but, uh, you know, I have friend, I have a friend who's a political consultant who, uh, runs, you know, big national campaigns. Uh, he's always on the road too, yeah, giving speeches. True. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's on the road doing something. But it seems like a good time to be a comedian. Like if you, well, it's uh, interesting in America, the, like yeah. you can't talk about. You really can't talk about the, I, you know, America now is in a civil war, a cultural civil war, where really like the it. two sides do not speak to each other. And it's uh, by and large. And, you know, you can't tell. I, I, I'm obviously very to the left and, and, and liberal, but I know the country that I live in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, this is the universal from the right. You can't say anything about Trump. Uh, anything. Right. 
uh, people throw a tantrum. (laughs) And from the left, there's a minefield of uh, social, political correctness that you have to navigate. Uh, I accept them both, and I especially like the challenge of, um, great, society's evolving. I get that. That's great. Like, you know. You can't do gay jokes anymore. That's right. probably good. Right. That's probably a positive. <laughs> sure. So instead of whining about it, like a lot of comedians do, find the new way. Find the new thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say anything if you talk about it correctly. Uh, and so I love that challenge. I love to, to go there. What you get sometimes is, <laughs> which is the... You know, comedy is the only art form where if you don't like an aspect of it, there's a language to voice your unhappiness. <laughs> exactly. like, you never go to a museum and say, ah, why is this painting here? Uh, I was telling a joke. I was, I was in Irvine, California, which you'd think Southern California, it's very liberal. But right. Irvine, it's like you jumped the fence in Los Angeles and escaped out into America. Okay. And uh, I told the mildest political joke. Yeah. I said, uh, Mike Pence is so boring. His Secret Service code name is Mike Pence. And yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, barely. Yeah. A yeah, two guys. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at a certain I, point, you got to. Because I think to up. a lot of people, right? It's okay, I want to break from all the politics. I just, I just want to go and hear jokes. Other right. people. Like, it's relevant. It's topical. Like, yeah. I want you to, to really gnaw into yeah, it. Yeah, I don't right? do it because I don't like layups. You know, they're mm-hmm. layups. And uh, I'd rather hit a three-pointer. You know, I, right. I, I, don't, I don't like easy jokes. And, um, and they don't do anything. I'd rather say something in a general way. I, I talk about issues. Like, I have, a, I have a bit about, like, the America's gun fetish that took me six months to get <laughs> to the point where I did not alienate anybody. I don't to know how you did that. <laughs> Come on down to the left shop. And it's, it's genuinely funny. Uh, but it takes a while. You know, you, you've got to... And I, I don't want to divide the audience in half. I mean, if you come to the show, I want you to have a good time. I don't want you to feel singled out. I don't want you to feel picked on. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is in any culture, in any place, we have a lot more in common than we have not in common, but there's no money in that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. media is designed to divide and conquer. No bar ever emptied out because two guys were getting along in the parking lot. Uh, and that's uh, something you have to be aware of. Right. Would you say, is there a rift in common? I know Hollywood Reporter, and they, they talk to you and a few others, they're, yeah. they're playing that up. Yeah. Is, that, is that overstating it? Oh, oh, what do you mean? A rift like a in, rift in comedy on on some of those points? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah. There's, you know, the, I think that comedians like like everybody else, <laughs> they, you know, they fall into left and right, and you know, there's a weird strain of of uh, aggrieved white male, <laughs> sure, macho <laughs> crap in yeah. comedy, which you know, same as in music and mm-hmm. everything. But uh, um, uh, I I think that it's just whining. You know, you grow or you go. It's, you know, the, the 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 mistake is that evolution favors the strong. It doesn't. It favors that which is the most adaptable to change. I mean, I would think, though, in comedy, there's a limit to how much you can pander. Like, you can be, hey, I'm the right wing or I'm the left wing comedian. Right. And people will be drawn to you because they're that of that political stripe. Right. But it's, ultimately, it's, you got to be funny at the end yeah, of the it's day. And it's best if they don't know what you think. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, and it also doesn't do anything. Remember all those brilliant jokes John Stewart had about George W. Bush? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Didn't stop him. No, it didn't. Two terms, yep. retired, 
happily living in Austin, <laughs> Texas painting. now. Painting, riding yeah. horses. Everybody loves him now. Now <laughs> he's, that. you know, it's like we thought he was bad. Then we got the Joker. Um, you know, it's it's like it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. Uh, and that, that's another uh, an aspect of it. Politicians come and go. And at the end of the day, um, uh, the people lead and leaders follow. And I think that's what we have in a, you know, and you kind of going on now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, this weekend at the Lap Shop, it's going to snow this weekend, but it might be good. <laughs> Great. Be Get indoors. Out of there. Yeah. Get Come into on. the club. We yeah. have heat. It's me and heat. We have <laughs> them both. Exactly. Now, when you say snow, what is it like going to be? Like a is it getting a, uh, a dusting? A, it, a, a, a sensual dusting. The problem is when, it, when we get this early snow, it's often really wet and really heavy uh-huh. snow. And it causes problems. Uh-huh. Like the leaves are on the trees still, and right. the trees, the snow sticks, and then the trees collapse, and it's chaos. It can, it can get yeah chaotic. Yeah. So hopefully not. So what is it, what day is the snow coming? Tomorrow or Saturday? Friday. Yeah, possibly. Well, fingers crossed. We yeah. might avoid it. I think you should. Well, you know, I have a lot of one thing we didn't talk about that I should you know, is ninety eight percent of my act is about plows. So I, <laughs> let's see, that's perfect. And, and street clearance. Uh, see, the thing is, because we're an hour away from the mountains, you get a situation right. often where you're getting, you know, a foot of snow yeah. in the mountains and nothing here. See, in, in, in Los Angeles, because of, uh, you know, it's, it's getting into October, which means the temperatures are creeping down into the mid 90s. <laughs> It's nice that Halloween's coming and you can see owls and crows (laughs) bursting into flames. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, much more, by the way, DanaGould.com and uh, full details, uh, tickets and everything at LapShopCalgary.com. Dana, thanks so much for coming in here today. Appreciate this. Thanks. This is really fun. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.